It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The window for the Cincinnati Bengals to franchise tag T. Higgins is open, and you have a lot of questions about T's future in Cincinnati. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine. We're going to answer all of your questions on T Higgins in this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast in addition to a few other questions in a mailbag episode. Before we get into anything, if you're new to the show, start with that. Subscribe to the show on YouTube anywhere you get your podcasts. That'll make it really easy to become an everydayer and don't miss an episode as things heat up with the NFL Combine just around the corner and free agency just a couple weeks after that. The other quick thing to get to before we dive into the T questions is we will have a publication delay on Sunday. Don't expect to see an episode coming out Sunday night. That will be our normal publication schedule on both audio and video platforms. The video episode should still be out on time. The audio will be delayed until Monday at noon. Everything after that will be back to our regular schedule. That being said, James, let's dive into some questions about T. Higgins, and there are a lot of them. I think we've got every single angle of the T. Higgins conversation covered with our questions today. So this will be the definitive all answers on T. Higgins episode. The first question comes from at Donnie Venable on Twitter. Why is it that the Bengals can't get a long-term deal done with T. Higgins? Is it money, terms, agent? Does he just want to play somewhere else? And how much money do we think he wants? Yeah, he hates Cincinnati and he never what no, I'm just kidding. No, it's uh it's of course it's money and structure. And th- those are two things that uh, I think the Bengals are going to break, have broken uh for certain pieces, Joe Burrow being one, they will break it for Jamar Chase as well. And what I mean by structure is guaranteed money. They never guarantee money after the first year unless you're Joe Burrow or unless you're Jamar Chase. 
that includes Jesse Bates. That's part of why Jesse Bates is in Atlanta. And so that's what's going to happen with T Higgins. And I'm confident in that. That's why I think a lot of people just assume that, that T is going to sign elsewhere, probably next off season after the franchise tag is because the Bengals view T as a really good piece, but I, I don't think that they're going to break their, the, the way they do business. By the way, this is happening with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota right now, which is weird because the Vikings will blink and break at some point and, and give him guaranteed money beyond year one. But T. Higgins is going to want that. He's going to get that when he does sign a long-term extension with whatever team he does. But that's the big reason why, I think. And the Bengals probably take into consideration his injury history as well uh, when uh, looking at that. But you mentioned we have a ton of, of T. Higgins questions. Let's just keep them rolling here. Uh, Rocky Ward asking, if the Bengals do decide to tag and trade Higgins, do you think it makes sense to do so before? the draft for a potential pick or are there any players that would be a realistic trade candidate as far as the timing we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast it makes sense for this to happen as soon as possible they should ideally have an idea of what teams are interested in trading for t higgins seriously interested in trading for t higgins after the combine next week when all of the illegal tampering and illegal conversations occur but they, they should be allowed to figure out all right, this team might be legitimately interested. The sooner the trade happens after the new league year opens, the better for the Bengals because that means they immediately can turn around and spend that cap space if they were to trade T on other players. And they would have a lot more money to spend in free agency, obviously, if $21 million of cap space and cash weren't going toward T Higgins and that franchise tag. That's a big downside to the franchise tags. It puts all of that into one year. There's no flexibility around that cap hit so that's the timing aspect as far as whether it's a pick or a player i think the more common nfl trades are always for player are always for picks sorry picks for players but if there was a a good player fit i'm not opposed to it at all if it's the right fit i, I just think that it's a lot harder to get that to come together because then you're dealing with both a, a player fit that both teams value similarly and a contract issue that I think that money piece of a player for player trade is what makes it a lot harder to get those to come together for players in that situation where there's a big second deal in play for at least one of them, if not both in any potential trade scenario you looked at there. But along those same lines, James, I'm curious to get your perspective here. Maybe you have a player in mind as well for this, or maybe not. But if the Bengals were to listen to offers, which we think they will, in a tag and trade, what would be a realistic return? And that's a question from at Bengalman Bros on Twitter. I think a top 40 draft pick in this year's draft is certainly a reasonable return. And you know, I think about Carolina at 33. I, I was looking at um, some different um, some different odds and you know the cowboys they have the 24th pick could they be interested could uh the jaguars be interested in in reuniting trevor lawrence with t higgins i think they would by the way i think they would be interested in that and if they re-sign calvin ridley before the new league year starts they have to give up their second anyways as well if you could give up your second for t higgins so there are teams obviously everyone will mention the brian callahan factor with tennessee I think Arizona is interesting. They have the 27th pick and the 35th pick. Uh, I've been playing with the trade simulator about using T to move up 
to that fourth pick. I think that's unrealistic. I would certainly try if I'm the Bengals, if you could move up to number four and uh, send T Higgins an 18 and maybe another pick to the Cardinals, you, you certainly do it. So I, I think that's reasonable as far as players go. You're right. It's really tough. And if you're the Bengals, you would be looking at a, a, a young player that's on the, their rookie deal still. I think that's what they would be looking for because that's what you can get with their draft pick. And it's probably going to be hard to find that because that team probably wants to keep that young cost-controlled player that, that has shined enough for the Bengals to want them. So hard for me to throw out, out a player. Obviously, everyone will say Justin Jefferson. Uh, I, I'm not going to go that route because I, I think it's pretty unrealistic at this point. And uh, part of that has to do with T. But um, that said... Uh, there's another question here with T Higgins. This is the T Higgins segment here. Do the new cap numbers allow for more room for T Higgins or is it adjusted for inflation slash market? Is it already accounted for? Dominic also asks if it goes up $25 million in cap space, does that mean 25 million more to spend? So the projected cap for 2024 has been around $242 million for a couple of months. I think that's when the initial estimate came out. In the last week or so, we've heard that it might be $250 million instead. That $8 million difference of unadjusted cap, the Bengals cap will be closer to $260 million because of rollover money. Does, in this case, actually mean the Bengals have a little bit more to potentially spend in unrestricted free agency or if they wanted to put that toward a T. Higgins extension because that franchise tag does not change. The franchise tag is just based on the top salaries at the position, so it's going to be based on an average of the top five salaries at the wide receiver position. And that's not going to change based on the the salary cap going up. So in that respect, if they want to tag T, it actually means they will have more cap space after the tag of T, but the franchise tag itself will not change. Now, in terms of a potential extension or any potential free agent deal, how do those correlate to a $250 million cap versus a $242 million cap, you might see small differences to align with the cap. Because I think increasingly in recent years, James, we're seeing a lot more people become aware of the APY of of free agent deals being a percentage of the cap in a given year. And you're seeing that be the comparison between top player deals instead of just only the money. Because, of course, $30 million today is worth less than $30 million five years ago. Obviously, it's worth a ton of money in both of those instances. But with a little bit more cap space, you might see a small tick up in free agent deals. And that would that would kind of play into any deal with T. Higgins or another free agent that the Bengals could get into. Along those lines of cap space, we have some salary cap questions to get to here, James. We have... So much in this mailbag. We'll continue coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around your next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. And let's start with the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives, great escapes, and it has a, a class-exclusive Google built-in that is always updating uh, your assistant to call for almost anything. It has a 12.3 inch HD touchscreen. That's right up my alley. And it's the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. But honestly, Jake, 
I'm in on the Pathfinder. Has room up to eight, expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. I'm all in at 284 horsepower, 6,000 pounds of towing. And if you want to get a full-size SUV, well, the Nissan Armada is for you. The 2024 Nissan Armada has a eight-seat first-class luxury style SUV, and it's also a 4x4 tow bigger. Explore further with the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Going to sneak one more key question in here, James, before we go to some of the salary cap related questions, if you don't mind. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's let's talk tea. This is a question that we've talked about quite a bit, but at Johnny's Not Knows on Twitter had a question about how do you evaluate whether it's better to tag and trade tea versus run it back for one more Joe Jamar tea? And I guess my my thought process here is. Say T. Higgins gives you a 5% better chance to win the Super Bowl, which is probably much bigger than it actually is, which which might sound crazy, but I think that is a lot more than it actually is. Like what percent better chance to win a Super Bowl would it have to be for you to want to keep T for one year versus trade him for the future? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, what percentage... I don't know. I could throw out a number for you. I, I think it's pretty simple. If the Bengals tag T and keep him around for 2024, they better be willing to push the limit from a salary cap standpoint, not roll it over, be be pushing it before a Jamar Chase extension where they have to to move around thing. It, because it's it's an all-in move in a team that doesn't necessarily go all in. And I can make a really good case as to why you should just sign him to an extension and break that precedent and give him two years of guaranteed money. And you know, that four for 90 or whatever it is because they view him as such an important piece that they're going to tag him. And so if you view him that way, what's wrong with having him for the rest of his prime? So I think it's the injury factor is obviously a factor, but there are a lot of factors here. And so uh, as far as me, I I'm all aboard. If you're breaking up anyway, you might as well break up. Don't have don't half ass it and break up partially. And then he's on the tag and deep down when he takes the field, he he knows that this could be his last game if you make the playoffs. Like Jesse had to deal with all that. And he, he gets a long-term extension in Atlanta, has a career year. And, and I, I want T. Higgins to have a career year in, in 2024. And so I, I I think it's tough. But no, I, I think they will keep him around and, and they are going to go their version of all in. I just wonder how all in that's going to be. Yeah. I just wonder like for, for many fans, like if T Higgins takes your odds of winning a Super Bowl, say from like five to 10%, which is way more than any one non quarterback player would be or 10 to 15% or whatever it is. Like what's, what's the break except point? Jamar Chase. But yes. uh, yeah, probably. I think Jamar's worth that. 
Jamar's, but, but then, yeah. But then, like, think about when Jamar wasn't healthy a couple of years ago and T was playing as a number one for this team and how good he was in those games. I'm just saying. Sure. They, they got a lot of but, production. But they, they're not winning a Super Bowl with Jamar Hurt. I'll tell you. Right I, now. It, it would be tough, but uh, yeah. If you don't have Jamar But that's Andy, the argument to keep T, be, too. That's the argument to tougher. keep T, too, right? Is they can still right. win. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting way to think about it that like I hadn't really considered before is, is how do you quantify what he's worth to you in one year versus the long-term return? I'd be curious to know what, what our listeners think about that, how they would conceptualize that question. So let us know in the comments, let us know on Twitter, what you think about that. We're going to move on to the next question here, James Tyler Bowles from the locked on Bengals insider community, which you can find at joinsubtextcom slash locked on Bengals with a question here. Who do you think on the roster has a contract that needs to be restructured ahead of free agency? And James, I'll just add to this question. A lot of people have talked about Sam Hubbard, BJ Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, and Andre Parada, who we're going to have on this show in the near future, I promise, to talk about the salary cap sometime before or after the combine here, most likely after, mentioned Orlando Brown and doing a small restructure for Orlando Brown. Any of those sound appealing to you? Yes, absolutely. All of them. I, you know, I think as far as restructures go, you restructure Orlando right now, you save four and a half million dollars against the cap. It doesn't hurt what he's making. It's not asking him to take a cut. It's just simply moving the money around to make life easier on you. Hell yeah. I like that. Um, as far as Hubbard, look, he played through an, a serious ankle injury that sidelined Kenny Pickett for weeks, right? Kenny never got his job back. He had that tightrope surgery. Like it was a real thing. And so the Bengals probably look at it that way and say, all right, let's get our guy back, who had a career year in 2022, by the way. Like, there's a lot of Hubbard discourse right now. Career year in 22, plays injured in 23, even when they they were out of it. And so I I get it, it, you know, as far as a production standpoint, you look at the numbers and they're not great. I also think that you could go to him, and he is a leader, to where he would probably be open to the idea of restructuring. And, and that's that's part of the all-in element here that I, I would do. Leave no stone unturned. With B.J. Hill, can you – maybe you add a year to his his deal and, and, and you can lower his cap number a little bit. Maybe he would like that an extra year there. Uh, is Mike Hilton someone you'd be willing to do that with? And, and you can lower the cap number. Like, there are ways to do that. But to me, the Orlando one is a no-brainer. Hubbard – is certainly someone that you could approach about a, a, a restructure. Hill's in the last year of his deal. You, you're not going to restructure that, but yeah. but maybe you add a year to it. And, and then the other ones that, to me, I, I would be surprised. Nick Scott, I think they probably just move on from him. And, and then Joe Mixon's obviously the elephant in the room that, that everyone's talking about. I would still be surprised if you know they could save $5.8 million against the cap. I, I think they go that route. If if their hand is forced, then think about it. That five point eight plus restructuring Orlando, it's ten million dollars. That might be your defensive tackle that, that that you're looking for, at least one of them. So uh, they they have ways to to free up space, and right now they have that they're in the top five of most cap space in the league. So it's worth mm-hmm. noting as well. And and that'll change, of course, as other teams go sure. through all their restructures and cap cuts. That the Bengals are going to do a limited amount of, and we'll talk cap cuts as well. Some other restructure candidates that they were so inclined hypothetically could be Joe Burrow in any year 
if they were interested in converting any of his salary to prorate that over the life of the deal, they can always do that. Probably not next year or this year, but probably next year. That becomes more appealing when the cap number goes up a whole lot. Trey Hendrickson is another one that I would mention because he has two years left on his deal as well. A large amount of base salary in 2024 that they can convert some of. And, and when we talk about restructures, all that means is you're taking some of that base salary that is accounted for in one league year from a salary cap perspective. You're converting it to signing bonus, which means a player gets that money up front and that salary then gets spread out across two years. So when you're talking about restructuring Sam Hubbard, you're taking, for example, um, he, he has a $7.8 million base salary this year. So you can restructure up to the veteran minimum of that. So like $6.8 million or so spread that out over the next two years. It gives you a $3.4 million cap savings in the current year that will increase his cap hit in the next year. And that's actually a reason I would be a little trepidatious around restructuring Sam Hubbard because it does lock you in to his age 30 season in 2025. And if you're wary of an age-related decline for Sam Hubbard and you're not sure you want him in 2025, that's a restructure that you might not want to do. And that's a reason to not do a restructure because there is a future cost. You're just pushing the cap hit into the future. Whereas if you're very comfortable with Hubbard in 24, but you're like 25, I can save $9 million against the cap if I just move on at that point. That would be a reason to potentially not do a restructure there. And the same would be true for a guy like Alex Kappa with two years left on his deal. I think in a very similar situation on the offensive line to Sam Hubbard on the defensive line. That is my spiel on restructures. We will continue with some cap cut candidates, just in case there's any that we have forgotten, and a very fun either or, James, to finish up the show coming up next. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, whether it's big, whether it's small, certain things can really start to get to you. They can start to add up and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's personal at-home stuff, well, BetterHelp is there for you. And if you've thought about giving therapy a try, well, it can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than restructures and what the Bengals are going to do in free agency or in the, the draft. And it's important to, to get those things off of your chest. And the beauty of BetterHelp is the convenience. It is going to work for anyone, including those that have a really busy schedule. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, and will fit the busiest of schedules. Just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, was there something you wanted to add about those restructures before we dive into the cap cut question? Yeah, I just think that that the the ankle element of this is is a factor. The, the Bengals know that. And so 
if I had to guess, I would say they don't really do anything with Hubbard. They don't do anything with Hill either, as far as like adding money or you know adding. The Kappa one's interesting because I would be comfortable with Kappa in, in twenty five, and and so I I do wonder if they would do that. But the Orlando Brown Jr. one, it's good call by Andre. Yeah, do it today. The the four million. I mean that's that's huge. That 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 really that could be the safety that that everyone's looking at, or that could be the insert whatever. That's a, that's a big part of that. Uh, and certainly when you look at Mixon and you look at the Orlando Brown Jr. money, you combine that, that could be the right tackle that you're looking for. And, you know, and not, I'm not saying Illuminor. I mean, Michael and Wenu's cap hit could be $10 million this year if you wanted it to be pretty oh, yeah. realistically. Easily. And even less Easily. if they Easily. were to go with like an Orlando Brown type structure. The the clarifying point I want to make about Orlando Brown is you would be restructuring $4 million or so of salary. So your cap savings would be about well, we would be a little bit less than that. It might be like $3 million, but two, two to $3 million. You're still saving a solid chunk of cap space there. And, and all a restructure does, like I said, is it puts it into a signing bonus that the player gets immediately. So it's not like the player is getting any less money. And that's why last year when the Bengals redid Mixon's contract, I kind of pushed back against this idea that they did a quote-unquote restructure because the Bengals – historically have not done these moves. They have not used these simple restructures where they're taking salary or they're taking roster bonus and converting it to prorated bonus, signing bonus money to create more cap space this year at the expense of future years. Not something they they like to do. They historically do not like to push money into future years on contracts they already have. And we've seen a little bit of a change with some contracts that they've done, some of the bigger contracts they've done in recent years. The Orlando Brown deal was a break from their history. The Joe Burrow deal, obviously a, a break from their history. But even when they reached, uh, when they added a year for Trey Hendrickson, remember, James, our initial speculation was that the year one cap hit would go down. It actually went up. So the Bengals historically, and even in recent history in some cases, are not in the business of often pushing money into the future but they are increasingly in the business of cutting players that are not in their future. Remember, this used to not be the case. It used to be the Bengals' selling point that you're going to see the life of your deal here, regardless of whether or not they're guarantees. That's changed a little bit, and that kind of goes into this question from Matt Jordan, who asked, who are potential cap cut candidates? Nick Scott is one that we've often mentioned. Of course, we've talked about Joe Mixon, but are there other under-the-radar players that we should consider as potential cap cut candidates that – could potentially lead to upgrades or just saving some money. Yeah, I, I mean BJ Hill is in that that realm as as much as anything. It's where you could like if let, let's say Christian Wilkins is someone you're going to go after. Well, could you use seven million dollars in cap space to to help that and and, and go after him that way? Of, of course. So I, I would name him. I, outside of that. Is there anyone on your mind? I don't really think that there's anyone that's going to save you significant money unless I'm thinking of, you know, misthinking or forgetting about someone. Yeah, there's nobody that jumps out as a very likely candidate because you have some rookie deals in there that I would have a hard time imagining them moving on from. But Jackson Carmen's cap hit this year is 2.37 million. They could save 1.65 million of that if they were to move on from Jackson Carmen at some point. I will. Cam Sample, by the way. Another, yeah, sure. I mean, he, I would not with Cam. He can't get Jackson, on the field. Yeah, he, he can't. He's a healthy scratch. One point six million. Yeah, I would. I mean, that's a that's a solid backup, for sure. I think 
Yep. Like you could get a veteran for that money. Uh, Take Cam that Sample, and, and throw it, throw it at Cam Fleming. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, Cam Sample, I agree. Okay. I don't see that as one that I would like to do, but there would be a really big saving there. You could save like 90% of that one. The other one that I don't think they would ever do unless something crazy happened, but from a cap perspective, like this would be a strictly cap based move. This would be something that would pain them deeply would be Ted Karras. And I don't see there being any way this happens just to be abundantly clear, but there's only a $1 million dead hit as opposed to a $6.4 million savings. So if you're looking for guys that like strictly from cap, it would be him and Hilton, very similar savings, but both of those guys are like foundational pieces for them in 2024. So that's why I say it would never happen. And in those guys, so like, I don't think Nick Scott and Joe Mixon have any trade value. I think there would be a trade market for Mike Hilton. I guarantee it. Oh yeah. I think there would be, there'd probably be a trade market for BJ Hill, by the way, just throwing that out there. Like this idea that would not shock me. Uh, The, um, well, oh, Ted cares. I I still, there'd be a market for him too. And I don't think that would happen. I think that's pretty low end, you know, as far as the likely outcomes. I, I think I would say a T Higgins extension, which I don't think is likely is more likely than, than Ted Karras, just to give you an idea of where yeah. Ted Karras being cut. The, um, the rest, of the, rest of the, I, I just wanted to really quickly cover the rest of the ones that don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Cause when you start getting into this little money, you start getting roster, you start getting 50 top 53 offsets that make these not really significant cap cuts with like Trey Hill, Chris Evans could save a lot of money with cap cuts there, but there's not really a huge point to doing that because of the way that the salary cap math works. But let's get to that last question, James. I don't think Trey Hill makes this team. I was surprised he made it last year. Yeah, and I you like don't Trey. have to like proactively cap cut him, right? Because no doubt, no, he'll be it. around. Yeah. He'll compete for the spot. Yes, yeah. correct. All right, or either or, like you mentioned, you can draft Brock Bowers, sign Jermaine Illuminor, and Christian Wilkins, or you could draft Johnny Newton, sign Noah Fant, and Michael Nwenu. Which do you choose? This is from Mike Bittenbender. Mike, you're the man. I, I grappled with this, James. Because you get either the better defensive tackle and and a high-end weapon prospect in the first package with a starting-level right tackle, we think, that is a short-term solution. Like, this is Mm – Illuminor, I would think of, like, Riley Reef. I would think of, like, um, what the Bengals actually got from Lel Collins, maybe a little bit better, instead of what our expectations were with the Lel Collins signing. And in the other package, we get a starting right tackle that I'm very bullish on that has positional flex if they were to get a better right tackle at some point. And you also get one of the most exciting three techs in the draft and something that we've been looking for since Geno Atkins' last four stripes. I have a really, really hard time with this. At the same time, Christian Wilkins is an established player who's going to be good for you for three years, most likely. We, we, we're very high on Brock Bowers. You just need a future right tackle in that case. And can you survive with, within one with uh, Illuminar? That's the question, right? That, that's how you try to differentiate it. And I'm not giving an answer because it's really hard for me. I think these are, this is like one of the first either ors we've gotten where it's so close and, and like a good comparison that I have a real hard time making a decision. I I get it. I don't think it's that close. I think it's close. I think both of these are awesome scenarios. Like if if either one of these happen, you sign yeah, up. Yeah, you take either, right? Yeah. 
just to be very, very clear. But to me, do I think that Joe Burrow is going to be just fine with Jermaine Illuminor? Oh, yeah. Especially when he's got Brock Bowers, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Oh, and Christian Wilkins on the interior of this Bengals defensive front. I, to me, it's it's too... I think Brock Bowers today is better than Noah Fant. I think that Christian Wilkins is by far better than Johnny Newton today. And so, yeah, Unwenu, is he is he better? No doubt. And I get prioritizing protection. I would rather give Joe Burrow adequate protection in another weapon. It's kind of like the weird Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell debate from a few years ago. And so that's that's the way I lean. But that's not shocking to our listeners because it's all about weapons, baby. Yeah, and it depends on what you think, I think, about, about Newton. Because I think that there are reasonable evaluators out there who are going to have a higher grade, regardless of position value, on Newton than Brock Bowers. There are going to be people that see him that way. At the same time, from a consensus perspective, Newton didn't go in the first round of the athletic beat writer mock draft that they just did on Thursday. Yep. Like he just didn't go in the first round, period. So it will not shock me one bit if the Bengals pass on Johnny Newton. And so look at their history. Let's just prepare. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it will not shock they, me one bit. They haven't drafted players like that. I think you make uh, some reasonable points. I, I think that there is a chance that Newton hits the ground running as an incre- and, it, and is incredible. There's also a chance that he, he doesn't hit right away, and you would rather have the perceived instant impact that we think Brock Bowers is going to be able to provide. And, and bypass the development time that we often see from tight ends. And you know who Jermaine Illuminar and Christian Wilkins are. And if you think Bowers is better than Fant right away, then you have two better players in one package than the other. And then it's like, how much is the better right tackle worth? And if it's not worth yeah. two better players in positions of need, then you pick the one that has a, a guy you think can start in Illuminar and the two players you think are really good. In Bowers and Wilkins. So I get where you're coming from there. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. I I hope one of those scenarios plays out. Yeah. I I think the best thing about this is that both of them are great, great options. Be pretty happy with either of those. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We know there were tons of questions in this mailbag we did not get to, but as always, these will come back up throughout the week. And if you ask a question on the Locked on Bengals Insider Avenue on joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Bengals, we will make sure we answer your question via text there. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.